0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Kreisman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And with me for this one is, of course, the voice of the Colorado Rockies on at and Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman.
1: What's happening, Drew? How's everything, man? It's going well. It's going
0: well. Always good to see you. Always good to listen to the Drew Goodman podcast when it comes out, Uh, especially when you get to talk to guys like Kyle Freeland, your most recent guest, another must-listen-to episode of the show. Uh, And Kyle, I mean, everybody knows it at this point. He's one of our own. We're not telling anyone listening to this anything they don't know, but we're also not telling them anything they don't love hearing. Like Kyle Freeland really is just one of those dudes.
1: He is. He is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody roots for him because he's a uh, he's a little kid, but he's a tough kid. and He's good, and we and we've seen him really good in in 2018 in particular when the Rockies, uh, you know, beat the Cubs and then moved on to to Milwaukee and he was, I mean, he was lights out at Wrigley Field that night. And he had a wonderful 18. I thought he should, probably should have finished higher in the Cy Young uh voting than he did when he was fourth. But uh, I think people appreciate his toughness. And um, you know, he's a very candid guy. And I think you'll you'll hear that on this uh as you did this morning on the on the interview uh that we did with him on um you know on on my podcast this week.
0: Yeah absolutely and, and I want to leave you know some of the stuff that he's had to say about his own process and, and he really gets into it. You gotta go and listen. Those of you that really Love the minute details of how pitchers go about their business. Go and listen to the Drew Goodman podcast for that. One of the things I did want to highlight, though, that you talked about that I wanted us to get into a little bit here was how interested he was in the rotation as a unit, as a group, uh, as a collective, the way they've welcomed Austin Gomber into it. But the, the, most of the rest of these guys have come up together and take a great deal of pride in what they've managed to do as a collective knowing the history and and reputation and reality of pitching half your games at Coors Field.
1: Yeah I I think that they you know in the case of Kyle and Antonio Sensatella and Herman Marcus they grew up together in the minor leagues for the most part and they grew up certainly in the big leagues together And, and John Gray was already here a little bit before them so the four of those guys grew up together um, you know, they've welcomed Gomber uh, to the group. So there's an authenticity to their closeness. And yes, I think starting pitchers are always going to gravitate toward one another, just like relievers are going to gravitate toward one another. They're, they're working out together. They're spending a lot of time together. But um, the the genuine closeness, um, I think, is organic in in their case. And it's also why I've been on this, I don't want to say soapbox uh, that that'd probably be too strong a term, but why I really believe that the Rockies can make a significant jump next year with that rotation, really the next couple of years, whereas opposed to the window being down the road because they control these guys. And I really believe John Gray will be back in the fold. He wants to be here. The Rockies are committed to keeping him here. Um, uh, at this point, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. So yeah. you're talking about a very good rotation, still very young, very much in their prime. And that's the most important element of winning baseball um, wherever you are. And certainly if you're in Colorado and we witnessed what they've done this year uh, again at home. So they have to build around those guys. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it starts there and they have a unique group, Drew. They really do.
0: Yeah, Goody, in fact, let me me give you some ammunition for that, because I've been going back a a couple of years. I've been doing a lot of research, and I can't remember exactly where this started, but I remember it it grew out of my frustration with, I think, a lot of people looking over it, saying, oh, the Rays do this, the Rockies should do that. And I would always think, oh, well, there's this specific reason why they can't do that, or the Cubs did this, the Rockies should do that. And so I started really researching Rockies history and trying to figure out what makes good Rockies teams good and what separates them from the other teams? What is the stat? And I really started looking at ERA plus and OPS plus. And we've talked before even, and you've come on and we've talked about the career of Juan Pierre and what Ryan Maltapia is doing right now and, and, and the blind spots in these stats, but they're still very useful tools when you're comparing between eras and, you know, how many runs were scored each year. And ERA plus is the stat that I think most, Easily correlates to when the Rockies are good and when they're not. There's only three other times in history. Right now, all five of the Rockies starting pitchers have an ERA plus of 100 or better. So better than league average. All five of them. All five of them have only managed to do that three other times. In 2007, in 2009, and in 2017, they had six starting pitchers because there was kind of a rotation between Tyler Chatwood, Chad Bettis, and Tyler Anderson, who ended up carrying it out. But they had six starting pitchers. Those are the only times they've had five or more guys put up an ERA plus of 100 or better. And then this year, now obviously the bullpen and and offense has let this year's starting rotation down so that they're not going to go to the postseason the way those other teams did. But when you're talking about where to start and build, and when you're talking about the unique caliber of this group, And when you add that they're going to get to throw Peter Lambert and Ryan Rolison into this mix very, very soon as well, you're looking at, and and as you talked about their ages, the whole thing, it's they have the really chance to be something special here. They already are really. It just now needs to be kind of backed up by the rest of the team to your point.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a wonderful stat that you throw out there. I mean, I just, I made a notation of it, so uh, you may hear that later on. I will try to footnote you on that. I mean, it's, it, that's a great one. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that, um, you, you know, you evaluate pitching. And, and a lot of times, you know, it's, by the, it, it's your, with your eyeballs. And, and listen, guess what? We know that Kyle Freeland, forget the first five, he's been really good. We know what Herman's done. We know that Senza gives him a chance. Numbers aren't always great. He throws out some really good ones. Um, but, you know, we know he typically is going to give them a chance to win. Um, and in the case of Gomber, he's been a revelation, particularly at home. And, um, you know, who am I? Uh, John Gray. I mean, we know the kind of year. So yeah. at the end of this season, if that holds true, and I, I, I see no reason why it would not. I mean, we're, we're not that far from the end of the season as it is. There'll have been four times based on your research that that's happened, and three of the four times the first three the team was a playoff team. So, um, Mm -hmm. I I think that supports certainly my argument, and I know what you've been saying also that that this does not have to be you know some long, um, listen, you got to make the right moves, you have to have good fortune, you have to have good health. We understand that, that goes without saying. And, and you want to create good depth. You mentioned Lambert will be back. I mean, we'll see him maybe before the end of the year uh, throwing a game, which will be helpful for him and his progress. Ryan Rollison set back, but he's throwing again, uh, set back by the uh, appendectomy. Uh, so you have to have depth. You have to have good luck. We understand that. But um, my contention, your contention is 2022 can be with the right moves, can be – intriguing from a a Rockies uh, fan standpoint.
0: Yeah. And uh, one of the things, let's let's dive into that a little bit deeper even, because we know one of the things that needs to be addressed is the bullpen. And we also know from recent history that, you know, that can be very difficult to just try to solve by going out into free agency and, and throwing a bunch of money at the problem. But what's interesting is that, again, looking deeper at that 2017 squad, there were seven relievers on that team that had an ERA plus of 100 or better. And they actually added an eighth when they acquired Pat Neshek that season. A bunch of those guys, though, were, as I mentioned, it was, you know, Tyler Chatwood, Chad Bettis I had to step in uh, to the bullpen. And another guy, and this is what brings me to my question, Antonio Senzatella. Remember, for his first couple of years, he was going back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen. Do we think that a Rollison or a Lambert, or if they really break through, then maybe you move one of these current guys? But is a could be an answer in the bullpen as early as next year as well? What do you think in general of that theory of you know trying to work guys in and out? We know the big success stories like David Price and Adam Wainwright.
1: Well, uh, that's, that's the first guy I thought of. I thought of Adam Wainwright yeah. in the Cardinals yeah. We're not afraid to do it. Adam Wainwright showed he had, you know, uh, great chutzpah back then because he was thr- thrust into, you know, huge postseason games mm-hmm. in, in late inning role. But he had the capacity to do it because of his, you know, his talent level and, and ultimately his makeup. I think you have to put your best players on the field if you want to have the best results over a period of time. We do, yeah, <laughs> we do that with position players all the time. We try to get the best players the most at bats, you know, giving them requisite rest. And in the case of if you are fortunate enough to have seven or eight starters and, you know, your sixth or seventh starter has really nasty stuff, why not utilize them out of the bullpen? And then, oh, man, you know what? Somebody went down. A couple of somebodies went down. You can then shuffle them back into the rotation. You may have to build them back up again, but that's okay. This has been done before, and I'd rather, especially given the issues that the Rockies have have had in their pen, um, really historically, but but the recent vintage. Um, why not add? You know, if if there's a, a starter that can go and get you three outs more efficiently than some other guys, by all means, that's how I would roll with it.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and it seems like, you know, they're going to have some interesting options ahead of them, and, and we know health always plays a factor here, but they should show up to spring training. And with Rolison and Lambert, we're, we're not talking about guys who you're going, oh, maybe they're September call-ups in 2022. These are guys who should be ready to compete for MLB jobs day one. Right they're, I mean, Lambert's already got 89 innings under his belt. He's not even technically a rookie
1: anymore. He's yeah. at
0: the TJ. And Rollison would have made his debut by now, if not for yeah. the it's pandemic good. last year and the stuff going on. These guys are ready.
1: It's a delicate balance, Drew, in that you know, Ryan Rollison and, and Peter Lambert, they're very young. And so you want to see them progress as starters if you perceive them to be long-range starters. Right. So you go, well, if I put him in the bullpen, OK, he's going to help us get three outs, but – You know, what's that doing to him in terms of sequencing and pitch mixes where he knows he's going to see a lineup a second time and and hopefully a third time through? So it is a delicate balance. And and I don't want to suggest it's a slam dunk. That's how you do it. But I do believe that you have to utilize your best weapons um, when you are this year is different this year. They're not contending. Right. And, and so you take longer looks and make sure you're getting at right. bats for guys. So you have, um, either a feel for who they are, but, or you're helping them grow to be who they are. And you hope that that ultimately is somebody that's a, you know, a winning player on a, on a, on a contending level team. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and again, the, the, the foundation is there by far when you sort I've got this big, huge table of every Rocky season in history with ERA plus and OPS plus, who's their best hitter, how many relievers were over, this whole thing. And when you sort it by Team OPS plus, uh, in other words, who were the best hitting teams in franchise history, there's almost no correlation between that and success. Some pretty good hitting teams, like 07 and 09, were pretty solid hitting teams, not the best in franchise history. Those guys could rake, though. We know that. But there have been some mediocre offenses in 17 and 18 and even oddly enough, according to these stats in 1995 that were pulled to the postseason by these great pitching staffs. And the Rockies are already they already have the most important part of that handled with these other pieces that can maybe step in. And it starts to make sense now why they didn't move on from Daniel Bard and Carlos Estevez, who, by the way, are two of only three relievers they have this year with an ERA plus over a hundred with Jolie Chassin being the third.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, listen, um, bullpens are, are always unique, Drew, and that they can, you can flip a bullpen quickly. And, and part of it, I've always believed is the fact that so many relievers, um, aside from the great ones, typically, run on a roller coaster. You know, one year, they're really good. And one year, they're just okay. Uh, Sometimes they have poor years, and then they bounce back. Uh, So uh, when you, you know, maybe insert an arm or two in there, and then you have some bounce back years, I know it's, it's hard to evaluate, it's hard to go, hey, okay, we're, you know, putting our hands together and hoping. And because as I've said many times, hope is not a strategy. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. hope for good health, you hope that Guys who had, you know, solid years continue to build on those solid years and and get better. Um, But if you're always saying, well, um, we hope this guy all of a sudden turns it around and that guy all of a sudden, I get it. That's that's not a strategy. Right. Um, However, with bullpens, you you do need some good fortune because there are so many um, variables with those guys. And um, and and a lot of pen guys tend to be, um, you know, lack consistency through the years.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll give you the the perfect example right here. In 2016, the Rockies had their worst bullpen by these numbers in history. Only two guys who had an ERA plus over 100. One of them was Chris Russin, who had a 130. That was their best relief pitcher. Like, solid, right? The very next season, I just said it a moment ago, 2017 – that number went up to seven, the most in their history. And it actually went up to eight once they added Pat Neshek. They grabbed Greg Holland out of obscurity and he was phenomenal. Uh, Jake McGee was actually really fantastic for them in 17. It's one of those things that oftentimes gets lost and forgotten. Uh, that was actually the down year from Adam Adovino, Uh And so, like you said, it's just these – you didn't know that Greg Holland was going to be all those things. Chris Russin was phenomenal that year. He put up an ERA plus of 191. But it's like you didn't necessarily know, but you've got to allow for those opportunities. You've got to give yourself those chances. You've got to bring all those guys into the mix. And I think the Greg Holland versus, you know, maybe some of the other guys who were invested in a bit more, I think there's a lesson to be learned there as well. And if you follow the Greg Holland path this offseason – bring in a few of those guys. Mark Melanson, free agent. You know, I'm looking at some names already. I'm going, yeah, that's one of those guys.
1: Yeah. there. I mean, we'll have shows down the road where we talk yeah. about some of the free agents and, and you know, who they, who the Rockies we believe should, you know, focus on who's, you know, what's realistic and what's not. Uh, so, uh, the, the, yeah, there's this is going to be an, uh, a fascinating uh, free agent class. I've heard described as one of the best in years. Um, yeah. You know, the headliner are, are all the shortstops, of which the Rockies have one that's going to be a free agent, as we know. So, yeah, that that's it's it's going to be curious for the Rockies. Again, we all know this. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a diehard baseball fan, probably a diehard Rockies fan. You understand that free agent. Pitchers, starters, or relievers are not saying, "I want to go there." Now, free agent hitters, different deal. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and we and we know that the Rockies need a couple more backs in a perfect world. So, um, yeah, it, 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 we'll see how it plays out. Well, the Padres are always interesting because can you imagine, Drew? The I mean, Rockies just swept the Padres. The, the Rockies. Won that season series eleven to eight against this super talented team. They're yeah. fighting for their playoff lives now. They're not going to win the division. Um, you know the Dodgers have gotten super hot. The, the the Giants continue to win at a you know ridiculous pace. Right. But they have to hold off the Reds, it looks like, right now. But what happens, Drew? I mean, let's just go out there. What happens if the Padres don't make the postseason? Do they sit still with A.J. Preller, who's the most active GM, one of the most active GMs year in and year out, and say, you know what? Let's not overreact here. We have a good team. We had some injuries. And and we want to keep this group together, including a Mark Melanson, uh, who's been great this year, you know, all-star mm-hmm. yet again. Um or do they, we've seen them blow it up in the past, right? Right. You know, right. So, so who knows? They're, they're, they're an interesting team. They're an interesting team to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially if they do end up falling just short, it, it's going to be fascinating with all of the pomp and circumstance that came in, all that. Hey, speaking of pomp and circumstance, we got plenty of that for you down at DNVR. We got it if you subscribe to the DNVR.com, get all the written content. You get access to the Discord channel where we're talking Rockies 24/7. if you really like this stuff, you really want to talk about who they got to go get already you want to get into the names. They've been doing that in the Discord channel. Everything stops for every Connor Joe at bat though in the Discord channel. It becomes basically a religious service during Connor Joe at bats. We you know we, we say our prayers, we, we have sermon, you know people take turns. It's, it's really it's, it's moving. Um, but we do have a blast at the DNVR so you should become a member of the family for all of that stuff. At Ted Day. You should also, if you're in need of work, check out our friends at Ball Corporation. Very excited to be sponsored by Ball. You know, they've got the naming rights for where the Nuggets and Avalanche play over at Ball. If you've got some aluminum cans in your house, some jars, you recycle, you can probably thank Ball. And if you know anybody who's ever worked there, and several people who I'm friends with and, and a couple of family members have worked down at Ball they will back up the fact that, well, the human rights campaign has shown that they've got a corporate index, equality index score of 100%. That's just fancy talk for, they treat everybody there extraordinarily well. They give everybody equal opportunities to get hired for advancement. It's all based on the work that you do, not some weird perception about who you are. This can sadly sometimes be the place in other workforces. So if you're looking for a place like that to work, it's also gorgeous out there in Golden at their aluminum can plant. So text Golden 77222. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to Jobs.Ball.com and search for Golden. It's Jobs.Ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222. If you want to work at a great place making great products, it's going to treat you well. Check them out. All right. Oh, let me let me do one more of these before I forget that. I also got to support our friend over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You know him, you love him. Uh, if you've been following me on the Betts program the last couple of days, you made some decent money. I, the, the Reds messed me up by losing to the Cubs. That that was problematic. Uh, and the Cardinals blew up a whole bunch. I, I was about to hit a massive same-game parlay on that Brewers-Cardinals game uh, until that five-run bottom of the fifth from the Cardinals just messed up everything. Otherwise, I had it down, but still, it was a whole lot of fun, even though it blew up in my face like that. If you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code DNVR, receive $200 in free bets. When you place $1 bet on any college football game, that's promo code DNVR to get... Your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only. The DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Goody. Simple question for you here. Yeah. CJ Throne, player of the month?
1: Um, we, I can't award that yet. It's August not over. It's not over notice that too huh? there's 11 more days two-thirds of the month um you know could, could you is he a strong candidate for the two-thirds the august two-thirds uh player of the two-thirds month gold yes gold. he's a very strong candidate for player of the uh first two-thirds of the month of uh, august uh
0: but but in all seriousness man how how much of a joy has it been watching this guy who we know is you know he's, he's bounced around uh a couple of clubs He's had some issues with his health here and there. He's always put up big power numbers when he's been healthy. It's not like the guy's struggled in his career or anything. Had a little bit of a slow start here for the Rockies. I've always thought you can go back and listen to a podcast from two, three years ago. I I wanted the Rockies to get in on CJ Crone for a long time. I feel like this guy was made to play here. Uh, we've talked about whether or not he's got a future before, but just watching it, his present is is also quite pleasant. We don't have, we have to totally focus on the future all the time. I am enjoying the CJ Crone pr- present.
1: Yeah, and and I I don't want to um, I I want to say this without like patting myself on the back, but going back to um, I think it, I think it was on my own podcast where I said I, I predicted three All Stars at the start of the year. Story was one, which is, you know, that's an easy one, right, to go. And I, he wasn't, as we know. And I thought Daniel Bard had a chance to be an all-star. And I thought C.J. Crone, interestingly, had a chance, um, which is a tough position, so it's probably a little foolish there because I really thought he was going to put up really good numbers um, for the Rockies. He's the kind of guy – that you go and resign because it's not going to break the bank. Um, are there the wide splits we always talk about home and road? There are. He's hit, you know, 85% of his home runs at home. But guess what? Those games at Coors Field, they still count. And yeah. the fact that they're 41 and 21, they may ultimately be a better team. They be, hopefully are a much better team overall next year. They may have a better home record this year. But you got to win those games. So I have no problem if. You know, if C.J. Crohn hits 28, 20, 30 home runs, let's let's say he's kept in the fold next year, and the and the vast majority at home, he's still a presence. Uh, he can still hit the ball out of the ballpark on the road. And, again, he's not going to break the bank. He takes his walks. He leads the club in that department. So um, I, I thought C.J. would have a really solid year, and he's he's done that. The, the element that I want to point out, and I did on television a couple of days ago, Drew, uh, is that he's actually played? He was a little rough early, but he's played a really good first base. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to suggest he's a Gold Glove first baseman. He's not, but he's been really good. He's picked the ball well. Um, he started double plays well. Um, he, he's made some tough plays on hot shots in his direction. Uh, he's he's been very very solid at first base. Yeah, I
0: recently uh, published and I, I you know, got into this basically because Ryan Meltapia and Ryan McMahon forced my hand and I wrote this whole thing about the Rockies, the uh, positional defense at every spot. And I was going through, I was like, I know they've been great in left. I know they've been great at third and second. Uh, generally, the outfield has been much better and Hampson and Daza have been great out there and Charlie has been by no means terrible. Uh, where years past DRS has, has hated Charlie Black, especially back when he was playing center. And then I got to first base and went, Colorado Rockies are second in Major League Baseball in defensive runs saved at first base. And CJ Cron is sitting there with a very solid plus three. And some of it's coming from the fact, and I think a lot of other teams, it's because, you know, whenever their best defender isn't in there, it's some dude who's just a lumbering slugger. And whenever Crone comes out, it's Joshua Fuentes or it's been Connor Joe. And all of those guys have been plus defenders. So you're right. Crone's not a – he's, you know, by DRS, not a gold glove guy. But collectively at first base, because when he comes out, uh, the other guys that step in are also very good. The Rockies' defense at first base has been better than everyone other than the Dodgers.
1: Well, it, it, when, when Fuentes was still up with the club – Late in ball games on the plus side, as you know, Fuentes would go in there in the in you know, probably in the eighth inning if the Rockies were up comfortably and maybe CJ had just hit, but he would flip them out for for Fuentes. And Fuentes has great hands. Fuentes yeah. is a better fielder overall. If you know, if you watch them and you graded them out. But CJ has played a very, very solid first base, and and some of the numbers, as you suggest, back that up.
0: Yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised. So, uh, yes, Moana Beast, you did miss the the John Gray and pitcher talk from earlier. We we got into all that, so you can go back to the beginning of the show uh, when you're ready for that. Will love you living in in future Fantasy Land for uh, we'll say bitter NL West fans. And imagine the Padres missing out and then the Dodgers getting bumped in the wild card game by the Reds. Hey, that's quality entertainment.
1: Well, it here's the thing about the wild card, which Is enjoyable. It's it's a game seven, man. Yeah, and anything can happen in one game in baseball. It's not a. It's not a series. It's one game, and if you know the Dodgers, you know somehow get get beat up, and 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 Cincinnati pulls off that upset, they're done. Which is a you know a scary proposition because I still feel um, from one through twenty six, the best roster in baseball uh, is. Resides with the Dodgers now that the, the White Sox have a very intriguing roster, especially now that, oh, yeah. you know, they, they've gotten, um, you know, some guys back uh, that were that were out for most of the year. So yeah. th- that, that's a really good team. But the Dodgers, um, the Dodgers are loaded. But yeah, that's the, that's going to be the excitement of October baseball.
0: Well, and that's one of the things, again, sort of going back to our, our early conversation, that's always been really intriguing to me about the different ways that teams are built and, and why we talk about starting with that foundation of Rockies pitching. I almost think of it like I, I used to do music, right? And so when you talk about the pyramid of sound or when you're mixing music, right, everything, you need the right amount of all the things. And the pitching is your, your base, your pyramid at the base, the most important thing that you absolutely have to have your starting pitching. And then you start building some of the stuff on top of that. And you have some of these teams that have more talent. I see some people going like, how can the Rockies catch the Dodgers in terms of talent? You can't, you're not going to, but the Dodgers don't lead the national league West right now. The giants do. Why? Because their pyramid of sound is almost absolutely perfect. right now. Got Extraordinary starting pitching. They've got really good defense. They've got veteran hitters and a bunch of them depth, a bunch of guys who can win you a ball game with a clutch hit and then a pretty solid bullpen, which you just can't have a disaster. with. So they just have their pyramid of sound built Exactly. Right. They're not more talented. And then you look back at the teams that have won the world series over the last 10, 15 years, half of them are, those guys were just the most talented team and they won the world series because they were the best. In the other half are these guys, these teams that are built the way this year's Giants are are other versions of the Giants. The Royals a couple of times went to back to back World Series, not being the most talented team. And that's where you and I keep bringing up the Rockies building, because I think where some people see this disconnect, Goody, is they think you've got to catch up with the Padres and Dodgers in terms of their talent level on paper. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to build a better version of your pyramid of solid baseball so that there aren't any holes in your team and go about. And then you there, yeah, luck comes into play and all the things we've talked about, but that's where I see the potential to build a very giants like pyramid of success.
1: You're never going to out teams like the Dodgers and even teams like the giants and, you know, they have to focus on those because they're in the No West. Right. Uh, but, you know, some of the bigger market teams, they're going to have sexier names by and large. And so you have to um, uncover guys that can help you win games. Tampa is always the best example of that. Most people couldn't name three guys on the Tampa Bay Rays. Yet when they roll out every night, we know they win a great deal and they play – they play very very solid baseball they they manufacture runs they always pitch exceptionally well and the rockies you know need to do the same we know that like that that's why we hope we've talked a, a great deal about connor joe that he's more than just a good story the fact that he has such a low chase rate the fact that he reaches base at a high clip those mm-hmm. are intriguing things given you know 450 500 plus at bats you would think that will help you win. And then when you look and break down the great teams year in and year out, their low chase percentage, their high on base percentage, those that, you know, that's the Dodgers, yeah. um, that's the Houston Astros. Yeah. So they're not going to, they're never going to outname you with the Rockies, but can they start to move into that classification where they have a lineup full of guys that reach a lot, don't chase a lot. And then when the ball's in the zone, um, do significant damage.
0: Yeah, yeah, going to be really, really interesting. I thought of another one, like the Washington Nationals, right when they when they won, they were another one that was sort of built like that. Where they and and there may be a parallel here, folks. I we don't know the future, or whatever. But the Washington Nationals lost their best player in quotes, right their their biggest name, Bryce Harper, and and not through a big trade that probably just bounced. <laughs> he just he just left in free agency. He just left, right, and, and then they
1: won a World Series,
0: and then they won the World Series.
1: Yeah, which tells you that um, you know, uh, uh, and I'm not. This is not to re debate the Nolan trade and what the Rockies got, and should you know, should it have come to that, etc. Uh, I think ultimately it did from from an economic standpoint. But right now, the the Cardinals are very much looking you know, from the outside in Nolan's had a really fine year. He's had a good year. Yeah. And um, you know, the Rockies at third base have gotten gold glove caliber defense um, from Ryan McNam. They have really, you know, pretty solid numbers offensively um, from Ryan. So you have to remember in the game of baseball, that's why I come back to what we've talked about drew at the start of the show. And that is that it's really about starting pitching and as great as Mike Trout is, he gets four at bats, maybe five, a night to try to impact the game. Um, And it's the same thing for a guy like Nolan. Maybe he gets two or three baseballs and, you know, in the course of the week, let's say they play seven games, it's a busy week and he gets 21 chances um, and he makes one or two Nolan type plays. Chances are, you know, 20 of the other 21 plays are of the more routine variety that every big league third baseman is going to make and then what he does for you offensively he's going to get you know probably 30 32 33 plate appearances in a week it's hard to take one guy and go man he's going to carry my team he's not an NFL quarterback none of these guys are and um, so here we are deep into August and the Cardinals are uh, you know are not appreciably better than the Rockies. And it's not to say that you don't want Nolan Arenado on your team. Of course you do. You're going to be a better team when you have a Nolan Arenado hitting in the middle of your lineup and playing third base. Um, But it's, it, it runs. The Cardinals would be a much better team if they had Austin Gomber. They'd be a better team if they had Austin Gomber. That's a wonderful point. And, um, they need someone to pitch to the kind of production that he has for the Rockies. Yeah, Gomber, <laughs> Gomber, listen, Gomber's going tonight. Uh, Gomber has a 170 ERA at, at Coors Field. Uh, it's it's been it's been wonderful yeah. to watch. Uh, yeah. So, I, I I always say this, Drew, at the start of the year when prognosticators. Uh, try to evaluate teams yeah you're going to evaluate the dodgers way up there you're probably going to evaluate the yankees and some of these rosters that that have proven talent it's harder to evaluate some of the other teams that are giving other guys an opportunity because you don't know fully yet who becomes a guy and yeah they're going to rate high prospect and say oh yeah this is going to be the breakout year for the number three prospect in all of baseball so and so but there's a whole lot of other guys like I would say, like the Max Muncies or the Chris Taylors that become foundational type players that did not have um, a, a whole lot of uh, adulation um, thrown in their direction early in their yeah. career.
0: Right as always, those guys are or the. The Late bloomers, the, the Connor Joes, who, you know, through no fault of his own has only really now been able to reach the big leagues and, and get stuff done. So it's yeah, it's hard to account for all of that on a 26-man roster. <laughs> There's a lot that can happen.
1: I'll give you I'll, I'll give you another guy that we haven't talked a lot about in the last couple of shows, Drew, is, is Elias Diaz. If you look historically at catching, mm-hmm. it takes for a while a while for them to develop. A lot of them kind of come into their own you know, 30 plus. I'll make a another sport analogy. It takes defensemen in the NHL typically a while um, to become elite if they're going to arrive at that status level. And so Elias Diaz, who, who's to say that next year at this time, we're not talking about a guy who's really sound defensively, throws the ball really well and becomes a, you know, a 20 home run backstop. You know, I don't think he's ever going to, you know, he has a low strikeout rate. So, I mean, could Mm -hmm. he, could the planets align and he'd be a, you know, a 255 type of hitter with with 20 jacks? Uh, Yeah. And and no one, no one would have thought that, you know, even two, three months ago. Right. Right.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. When I was basically putting together this future roster, and again, I'm looking at this and you need X number of hitters again, over that OPS plus of a hundred or better. And that's where the Rockies have really, really struggled this year. But one of those guys who's at an 86 this year, but was at like a 14 for the first month and a half was Elias. Diaz. That he's got it up to an 86 is a borderline miracle. And it's just with how well he's, hit lately but when i'm projecting forward and i go okay how many guys do i feel like in 22 i can project for an above average bat we don't know the situation with trev put him aside We're good about mcmahon he's been there for the last couple of years hasn't quite become that star we thought but that's who he's been rogers looks like a guy i'm happy with him you're bringing back kroner happy there charlie blackman We know Ryan Tapia doesn't do the 100-plus thing, but we know that's like a different category. He's going to be in the 90s, but it plays up because of the speed and consistency. So now you need to add one or two guys to that group. If Elias Diaz is one of those guys, that's an extraordinary help. And the idea that he could put up a 110 or a 115 OPS plus next year is not absurd given – All the things you just said, the progress we've seen, uh, the opportunities he's taken. And I expect we'll see progress out of Dom Nunez as well as a catching tandem. They lead baseball and homers, which if you've watched the Rockies catchers for the last five years, totally blows your mind. Um, There's a lot of potential there. And so when you're projecting forward and you start looking at these guys, who can they get above average offense out of? Uh, Connor Joe has been, a you know, he hasn't have enough at bats yet, but he's been a solid 110 to 120 guy the whole time he's been in there, he's a, an unknown that you add to that mix. But Diaz is the guy that every time I, I go to project next year, I go, I oh, don't know, man, there's a big window here.
1: Um, there, there is. And uh, I, I think some of those guys you mentioned, uh, you want to start to lean on going forward and, and you like to add, you know, in a perfect world, a couple of guys um, to that mix. Uh, we know the guys that are intriguing and, you know, again, much has been set, spoken about and written about Connor Joe over the last several weeks, and deservingly so. Um, not as much about Elias Diaz, but he falls he falls into that category. And and I would think, you know, from a Rocky standpoint, they for the first time in a while they may feel, hey, you know what, Dom Nunez will get better, and Diaz certainly has gotten better, and um, we're okay riding these two guys. Um, as our catching tandem, and it's mm-hmm. been a long time. I mean, historically, the Rockies and most teams have, are always searching for catchers. It's the hardest position defensively to fill. No. Certainly, sometimes you can get a good, you know, defensive catcher handles pitching staffs well, uh, but struggles on, on the offensive end. So when you have a guy, when you have a, a tandem that is pretty darn solid, you are appreciative, uh, you know, of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: been a lot of fun to watch those guys grow up guys grow. Uh, all right. Last one for you, before we get out of here, we'll talk about Gomber, maybe having new dad energy tonight. Diamondbacks coming in for a set. What are you most looking forward to watching here? Uh, you know, with these home Rockies and as part of that, if you want to address this, does any part of this irritate you that it's just like, it's so extreme that it's going to, you know, it's going to f- fuel all the, course Field narratives and all the BS that people say, and this is probably the most extreme example of it, or do you just, it just doesn't even matter. You're enjoying the home baseball. Who cares what people say? And this, this team has clearly got some talent and that's why they're winning at home. And so let's go with it. <laughs> well, mo-
1: most people don't understand course Field. Most people don't understand even the ones who follow baseball. Cause I still see it written. Uh, oh, well, he has extreme splits and that sort of thing. Uh, and those are people within the game. Um, hey, listen. We're out in the West. Um, the Rockies are not the Dodgers. Um, you know, we're in that lost time zone. Uh, you know, we've never we, we'll probably never be a marquee team. You know, we're not the Yankees. We're not the Cubs. We're not the Giants. We're not the Dodgers. We know who the marquee teams are. Um, so I, I understand that the competitor in me, um, you know, gets frustrated. I suppose when I hear things that are just inaccurate when it to, to specifically address your question about the record. Oh, it's Coors Field. Well, last time I checked the other team gets to hit a Coors Field also. So if the Rockies are, are just lousy, um, why is there a record 41 and 21? Um, it, because again, the other team gets nine at bats also and has an opportunity to take advantage of a a wonderful hitter's park. The greater question is, why is the Rocky, why have the Rockies, you know, pits better at home than they have out on the road? It's one of the things we talk about uh, on this week's podcast with, with Kyle Freeland, I posed that question to him.
0: Well, and to your point, it's like, The Rockies aren't even tearing the cover off the ball. CJ Crone has been their best hitter by OPS plus by a lot. Everyone else has been fine. The offense has really struggled. So it's not like they're beating teams at home by blowing them out of the water, by taking advantage of Coors field's massive outfield in ways that other teams don't. Other teams have theoretically better offenses that they're bringing to this offensive environment who should be able to succeed. Like you just said, they're doing it because they're pitching better than everybody else there
1: yeah, that's well said. I mean, that that is at the end of the day, the bottom line. Is their offense much, much better at home than on the road? Yes, and you'd expect it to be. You'd expect it to be historically. Um, but they have they have work to do offensively, big time work to do offensively, yet they have this wonderful record at home, twenty games above five hundred, and it begins with their starting pitching. And if you do your homework nationally before you just make a cavalier comment about, Oh yeah, look at this! Um, you would find uh, more reasons, but that requires um, a little bit of homework and, and not falling into the familiar narrative. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, hopefully uh, there will be more people watching. We know we'll be watching. It always helps when you watch the baseball games; it, it, it deepens your understanding of them. So we do that. We tune into AT&T Sports Channel time. It's been a while since I've shouted out the crew. By the while, uh, by the way, I, I feel like you know just been watching lately i uh, can't think of anything off the top of my head but there have been a few times where i went like that oh, was, was really well produced these guys are doing and, and i know it's been a, a a tough year for everybody with the you know still not being able to to travel and and doing some of the, yeah. you know, the broadcast that way so you guys are doing a fantastic job appreciate you taking care of us each and every night
1: well, Drew, I appreciate those thoughts, and and we have a great crew beyond the the that you see on camera with, you know, with with me and Spilly and Huey and, you know, and Jenny and Corey and and Mark Stout. Um, you know, we have honestly we have a great great production staff. Uh, you know, with Allison Hill and Tavis Strand leading the way as our as our main producers. Uh, but there's. There's a whole lot of folks that are really, really talented that are involved in our broadcasts on a, on a night in and night out basis. And I'd say on the regional level, I would put that group up, you know, against anyone out there. So um, we're for, we're fortunate here in, in Colorado to have so many talented people. And I'm, not, and I'm not talking about the on-air folks. That's a subjective thing. I'm talking about the people behind the scenes.
0: Right. And I'll go ahead and add that I think the on air folks do a pretty good job as well.
1: So you're, you're the one, you're, I, I got to write your name I'm, down.
0: You're the I'm, I'm the one guy. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the one out there. I will say it's mostly Spilly and Sully. So no, <laughs> no you got Happy exactly. uh, birthday uh,
1: today, man. Happy birthday, Corey. Oh, is that right?
0: Oh, yep. All right. Right on. Yep. yep. Uh, one of the best left fielders in Rockies history, according to DRS. So there you go. Again, been all over yeah, these Well, he was,
1: he was mostly a center fielder, wasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And happy birthday, Todd Helton.
0: There you go. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening into this show. Of course, make sure you're watching the games. Make sure you're listening to the Drew Goodman podcast, whatever app you're on right now listening to this podcast. The Drew Goodman podcast is available on it. Go and search for it as soon as this is over. And it's over right now. So you can do that right now. Make sure you're following everyone on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Drew Goodman42, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Of course, you know our guy at Patrick D. Lyons. Subscribe to the DNVR.com for all the written content, for all the access to the discord channel discounts on hats and shirts and all that kind of cool stuff bigger beer when you come down to the DMVR bar you know what it is at this point we appreciate you all for listening in and being absolutely the best baseball fans out there we promise to continue being absolutely drew's goodman and creaseman in here and until next time we will see you
1: at the ballpark